remain standing if you will. Reach down and grab you a Bible. I know we hadn't taken an offering. I know that we're not we're probably not through singing. I don't, I don't know what all the Lord has left to do, but I feel like it's time to move to this. So if you would, open your Bible. You can be seated. Open your Bible. I, I, that didn't sound rude, did it? <laughs> I didn't say sit down. So we, Okay. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 50. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to be reading verses 22 through 26. While you're turning there, let me just tell you that um, there is a meal prepared in the back. And uh, whenever this service is completed, if you're visiting with us today or if you're just if you're here, you didn't have to bring anything to stay with us. We want you to stay and have lunch and, and uh, break bread with us together. So as soon as this service is over, there's, there's a meal in the back. And uh, just plan on staying and let's have time of fellowship together at the end of this service. Genesis 50. Verse 22 said, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived a hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, was brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you. <laughs> and bring you out of the land into the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. And Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning, Lord God, for the opportunity to preach your word. And now I pray, O God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord God, let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and direct us, O God. Father, may we speak your words, O God, under your authority. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> Joseph went down to Egypt, was elevated to the second in command of Pharaoh's nation. And with that elevation, he brought his dad and 70 souls down to the land of Egypt. And then those 70 souls were there and he put them in good positions and put them in good places and caused them to prosper. And Joseph, being 110 years old, got to the point of his life where he knew he was about to die. But Joseph knew some things from a prophecy given to uh, Abraham in Genesis 15. Joseph knew some things about the children of Israel. Joseph knew from that prophecy that the children of Israel were going to go into bondage. He knew, he knew, he knew from what had been said in Genesis 15 to Abraham that there was going to come a time when they would be slaves in the land of Egypt. Right now they're riding high times, but there's going to come a time when there's going to be slaves and, it, and, and, and they're going to be in that situation for some time. And, whenever, and Joseph knew that there was going to be a Savior. Who's, he didn't know his name, but he knew that there was a Savior and that Savior was going to come. And when that Savior came, he was going to take them to 
a promised land. And based upon the things that Joseph knew, he said, my God shall surely visit you. And when he visits you, don't you leave me here in Egypt. You take me with you to the promised land. Hallelujah. My God will surely visit you. This morning, my word to you is this. My God shall surely visit you. You may find yourself in bondage this morning. You may find yourself in difficulty this morning. You may find yourself, as the Holy Spirit said this morning, wandering away from God. Maybe you were raised in church and everything was good and you, ever, you just had a big, big future plan, but somehow life's got you all discombobulated and now you find yourself in, in, in the world. You find yourself in a place you never wanted to be. You find yourself as a slave and you're saying you came to church this morning and said, surely I can get out of this. Surely I need to make a change. Surely God's got something still for me. You came to church this morning as a prodigal looking for simply to be a servant in the Lord's house and the Lord's telling you this morning, I'm here to visit you. <laughs> Woo! I'm here to visit you. Glory to God. I wondered why I woke up singing this song this morning. Tis the grandest theme. Oh, let me start it lower. Tis, tis the grandest theme through the ages rung. Tis the grandest theme for a mortal tongue. Tis the grandest theme that the world e'er sung. My God is able to deliver thee. Tis the grandest theme in the earth or main. Tis the grandest theme for a mortal strain. Tis the grandest theme, tell the world again, my God is able to deliver you. Tis the grandest theme, let the tidings roll to the guilty heart, to the sinful soul. Look to God in faith, he will make thee whole. My God is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Though by sin oppressed, come to him for rest, my God is able to deliver thee. Hallelujah. Whatever situation you find yourself in today, I'm telling you, God brought you here today to deliver you. You don't have to continually to be bound by emotions, by feelings, by things that happened in the past that still guide your every decision. You don't have to be bound by that stuff. You can be released from it this morning. He's already said, all you got to do is make your way down and God will give you victory. God will give you peace. God will give you joy. God will give you hope. God will give you a future. God will give you love. God will give you patience. God will give you long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all these things await you if you just realize this morning that God is able to deliver you. Hallelujah. <laughs> My God, hallelujah. You don't have to be bound in the land of Egypt. You don't have to constantly be down there making bricks, making bricks, making bricks. I've been told that the life of a sinner is often bound up in drama often going back into the same things, getting into the same arguments, fighting the same fights, constantly in drama, everything always constantly swirling around, nothing's stable, everything's weird. You get high, you get sane. You get fired, you gain a job. You, you, you fail a drug test, you get mad at your friends, you go to the sandbar, you get in a fight, everybody leaves. It's just a continual mess. Your marriage is just a continual strain. Ricky, Ricky confessed here about two weeks ago that it took him and Teresa three tries before they decided to stay married. 
And that's the thing that changed it. The praise God. The praise God that delivered them from the life of drama, from the life of things swirling around, from the life of I love you, I don't love you, I'm staying, I'm leaving, we're divorcing, we're getting back, just a continual mess. But God delivered them because they said, praise God, I'd rather follow Jesus than to follow the world. The world is empty to me. It's caused me nothing but pain and sorrow to live in the floorboard of a truck. That's what it's caused me to do. But instead he said, my God is able to deliver me. <laughs> Rescued him from my God, from a whole bunch, from a whole bunch. And that story's repeated around this room today. My God delivered me. He delivered me from lust. He delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from the power of sin. He delivered me from the hatred of people. He delivered me from problems. He, he put my marriage back together. He caused me to be sane again because when you're serving the devil, you're crazy. You're crazy. You spend all your money getting drunk, end up with your head in a toilet with somebody holding your hair so you don't get to vomit all over it. Wake up the next morning, can't remember what you did and think you had a good time and can't wait for the next weekend till you can do it again. That's crazy. That's insane. Spending all your money for stuff that can't buy happiness. Do you know I have noticed in the last 10 years of my life that a lot of people that have reached the pinnacle that are rich and wealthy and, and, and famous and have money and women and cars and houses and lands, I have noticed a continual theme about them. It says of the man that recently died yesterday that he suffered from extreme depression. Depression. How can you have million-dollar homes cars in the driveway. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Honda Beetles here. I'm talking Rolls Royces, Lotuses, nice cars. How can you have wife and kids and money and be at the top of your career and people following you around and wanting your autograph and you're somebody special and somebody famous and how can you suffer from fits of extreme depression? I'll tell you how you can do it because when you're living in Egypt, there's never enough. <laughs> when you're living in Egypt, you're never free. <laughs> when you're living in Egypt, all you're doing is making bricks. You can be rich, you can be famous, but you're still making bricks and soon Sooner or later you say, I've had enough making bricks. There's got to be more than life than this. And I'm telling you this morning, there is. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And Jesus will satisfy that longing that money can't satisfy. He'll satisfy that longing that, that power can't satisfy. He'll satisfy that longing that cars can't satisfy. He'll satisfy that longing that drugs can't satisfy. He'll satisfy that longing that's in your soul that makes you feel like, if I just get this, I'll be happy. And when you get it, you find out it's nothing but sand that flows through your fingers. I'm telling you today, grab hold of something solid. Look for your Savior, the children of Israel 
in Psalms 44 looked for a Savior, and in Psalms 45, they found a Savior. Hallelujah. And his name was Moses. But I'm telling you this morning, you can find a Savior. You may have rejected him in the past. You may have not wanted him in the past. You may have walked away from him in the past. But today, I heard him say, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for in me you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. The only thing that rescued those children of Israel from making brick was a Savior. The only thing that rescued them from a whip, from an eagle taskmaster, was a Savior. The only thing that brought them out of poverty was a Savior. The only thing that put their, ro- their feet on the road to a promised land was a Savior. The only thing that changed their lives I- each and every day was a Savior. The only thing that gave them the strength to stand against Pharaoh was a Savior. They needed a Savior that did everything for them, that gave them strength, that gave them anointing, that gave them purpose, that gave them hope, that gave them a future. They needed a Savior. When that Savior showed up, listen to me for just a minute. When that Savior showed up, their lives didn't get easier. When that Savior showed up, their lives didn't get easier. Pharaoh said, you got too much time. If you got time to talk about this, I'll take away your straw. And then the lashes started coming across the leaders because they weren't making enough bricks. And they said, how can you expect us to make bricks when, we're not making str- when you're not giving us straw? How can you expect us to still make the tail of bricks? And you know what? He didn't care. He didn't care. He lashed him and beat him anyway. He said, you'll do everything you were doing before. And that's the way the devil does you. He he begins to take away your finances. He begins to take away your family. He begins to take away your hope. He begins to burn your futures. He begins to, to make you destitute and broke because his goal is to kill and to steal and to destroy. And you begin to say, how can I be making this much money and not getting anywhere? You begin saying, how can I, how can I have this many friends and not have any friends? How can this happen and how can that happen? And I want to let you know that the devil is an evil taskmaster. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if your world gets harder. And whenever you begin to follow the Lord and you don't think he's going to turn the heat up, then you don't understand the devil. And you should because the weapons of, uh, we should understand his ways. We should understand what he's doing so that we know that whenever we begin to follow the Lord and it, or calling on the God and want to change our ways, then it's going to get harder and harder and harder to get here to church. It's going to get harder and harder and harder to to be able to make that change in your life that you want to change because you're trying to change. You see the Savior. You heard the word of the Lord. You feel the pull of God in your heart. And all of a sudden, there's words going in your head like, oh, this is not right. These people are weird. Justin testified last Sunday night that the day that he rededicated his life to the Lord, the moment before he did it, he says that if you look in this second pew here, you'll probably find his fingernail marks that are, that are etched into this pew right here. Because as he knew what he wanted to do, as he knew what God had directed him to do for the day by a miraculous vision that came to him the night before, as he was in that position and, and knowing what he needed to do, the devil suddenly came in and tried to convince him that that's not what he needed to do. And his flesh rebelled and he grabbed that altar. But then Uncle, Cousin Jerry, Uncle Jerry, then Uncle Jerry looked at him and said, Son, don't you think it's about time? 
same words that had been spoken to him in a vision the night before. And he came down and gave his heart to the Lord that morning, rededicated himself back to God. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that whenever you decide to make a change for Jesus, if you think the devil's just going to say, bye-bye, have a great life, you're crazy. You're still insane. He's not going to do that. He's going he's to he's swirl around. He's going to put thoughts in your head. He's going to put problems in front of you. He's going to make it difficult to get to church. He's going he's to cause pettiness and things to rise up around you. Why? Because you have decided that you're looking for a Savior, and so he's going to begin to take away the straw and begin to... Because he doesn't want to lose a good slave. He doesn't want to lose a good witness for him. He don't want to lose an evangelist for him that's causing him to be worshipped. He doesn't want to lose you, so instead of trying to lose you, he tries to make your life difficult so that you won't turn to Jesus. But what I want to tell you today is, huh, surely God will visit you if you will turn to Christ. My God, if you'll turn to Christ, you'll find God will visit you and lead you out of that land of bondage. Lead you out. And, and let me tell you something else about this. Whenever God leads you out of the land of bondage, whenever you decide to make God the Lord and Savior of your life, when you decide that you're done with religion and you're ready to serve God in relationship, whenever those kind of things start coming to pass for you, what you're going to find is you're also going to be like the children of Israel. You're not going to leave out of there busted and broke and barely making it. You may not leave out of there with material blessings, but in the spirit world, you leave out of there, well, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the God that healeth thee. Your mind will be healed. Your spirit will be healed. Your heart will be healed. Your, your conscience begins to come back in right standing with God. Everything begins to get right because God is healing you. You leave out of there with healing. You leave out of there with healing in your mind. You, he heals your marriages. He heals your finances. He heals your relationship. He heals your situation. Oh, yeah, the devil, he constantly comes back and tries to tweak at that. Didn't Pharaoh try to chase them, right? Do you all remember the story? Pharaoh said, what have I done? I let them go. I had, the best, I had the best free workforce in the entire world. They were building pyramids and making brick, and I let them go. What's wrong with me? So what am I going to do? I'm going to go get them and bring them back. And that's what the devil will do to you. I'm going to go get them and bring them back. They were one of the best evangelists I had. They were, they were giving me worship. They were turning people to me. I, I don't want to lose them. I'm going to go get them back. And so, yeah, he'll show back up. He sure will. He'll show back up and, and God may even let you get hemmed into a corner where there's a sea in front of you and mountains on both sides and the devil hot on your heels. You may get to that point. But when you do, hold out that rod. Hold out that profession of faith. Hold out that thing that caused you to get saved. Hold it out and begin to say, in Christ I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I am persuaded. Though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. 
I'm not going back across that filthy mess. I'm not, I'm not going back into the land where I'm, I'm in bondage. I'm not going back to the land where all I do is make bricks. I'm not going back into the land where I have no hope. I'm not going back into the land where troubles and trials assail me. I'm not going back into the land of drama. I'm not going back into the land where all my relationships are destroyed and my finances are destroyed and where everything around me is crazy. I'm not going back there. I'm holding out my rod of the profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And when you hold out that rod, surely my God will visit you. <laughs> Woo. Surely my God will visit you. My Lord, if you want to have a hallelujah runaway, let God set you free from something. Let you struggle with something to the point that you get to the point that you say, I just, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I can't, I, I'm not going to ever build a break. It's never going to end. It just goes on and goes on and goes on. And you fall down before the Lord and you say, God, you've got to do something. I don't know what else to do. I've, I've, I've cursed it. I've, I've, I've done everything the pastor said to do. And it's still plaguing me. It's still bothering me. And oh God, you've got to deliver me. You've got to deliver me and call out for a Savior. And what you'll find is that your Savior shows up and shows Surely my God will deliver you. My God will visit you. Tis the grandest thing in the, whatever it said. You know I can't remember these songs. Y'all don't know it. A lot of times I just say rhubarb because I don't know what else to say. Tis the grandest thing through the ages rung. Tis the grandest thing for a mortal tongue. Tis the grandest thing that the world e'er sung. My God is able to deliver you. <laughs> Let me tell you how the psalmist wrote it. You heard how the hymnist wrote it. Let's hear how the psalmist wrote it. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of things which I have made as touching the king. My tongue is, a is the pen of a rated writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, and with thy glory and with thy majesty, and in thy majesty ride prosperously because of the truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the hearts of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Thy scepter, the scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, even my God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh, aloe, and cassia out of the ivory palaces wherever they have made the kings glad. King's daughters were among the honorable women, and upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold in of, of Ophir. Stand up, queen. No, I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, guys, you get God right in your life, and you'll realize the queen that God has given you. Oh, she may not seem like a queen when your wife's not right. She may seem like. I was going to be nice. Make it sound like, anyway. <laughs> you might not think she is, but I'm telling you, when the love of God gets in your heart and you begin to look upon that queen 
And you begin to realize the blessing that God has blessed you with. The beauty, the power, the strength, the anointing, the help meet that God has given you. Ladies, whenever the love of God gets in your heart, you realize that that man you once thought was a knight in shining armor, that his armor hadn't faded. He's, no, he's, not, he's not any longer, that he's not old and decrepit and broken down. He's, he's not against you. He's for you. you. You'll realize that the man that God put you with is the perfect man that you needed. He will once again be your knight in shining armor. He will once again restore the love of God in the heart for the husband and the wife. He will once again make that marriage smell with cassia and myrrhs and alloys because back in those days when you went into the bridal chamber, oh, the fragrances and the things that surrounded that bridal chamber, you didn't go down to the Motel 6 and rent a room. You didn't go to the Motel 6 and rent a room. And I apologized in Motel 6. <laughs> you went to the finest place. You went to a place that was with servants. The Bible says in Song of Solomon that Solomon had 50 men that lined the way, that there were people with, with, with uh, servants that were keeping the air moving, that it was full of cassia and smells and odors and fragrances, and his banner over me is love. I'm telling you, whenever you begin to serve the Lord, you find out you're no longer a slave to sin, but I am a child of God, and he will surely visit you, and if he visits you, he will surely deliver you from all the wiles of the devil. My God, my God, my God, my God. My, my question this morning as I start to bring this thing down to a peaceful landing, I hope, is why? Why would you continue to struggle and fight the mystery of iniquity? In 2 Thessalonians, Paul says the mystery of iniquity is already at work. The mystery of iniquity is already at work. What is the mystery of iniquity? What is that? The mystery of iniquity is that people who know God, who experience God, who have served God, who have lived for God, who have been filled by God, who have been born by God, that God's put all their stuff together, that their kids are growing up in church, that everything is going well and everything is coming together and he has prospered them and he has blessed them and their money that they carry in their pocket now is, is not money that jingles, it's money that folds. The mystery of iniquity is why somebody would be in that shape and then choose the devil. Why would you be in the shape where God has blessed you, prospered you, you know who he is, he's delivered you, he's healed you, he's visited you, and you have chosen the devil? It's the mystery of iniquity. What, what is so wonderful about serving the devil that you're willing to be broke and busted and destroyed and spend eternity in hell for? What is so beautiful about his kingdom that you're willing to go through the sufferings and the trials and the darkness and the pain and the agony and the drama and all the mess that's associated with living your life for the devil what, and, and then spend eternity in hell as opposed to following Jesus Christ? It is a mystery. 
It is a mystery. But people make that decision every day. Stand with me if you would this morning, please. Kathy, could I get you to come to the piano? I'm trying to get you out by lunch so you can have a good lunch. Not really, I just now looked at my clock. I want to ask you a question this morning. God spoke this morning of a marriage supper of the Lamb. There will be tens of thousands and thousands and thousands. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's hundreds of thousands and hundreds of thousands. There will be so many people there that no man can number. And praise God, we don't have to pick up tables and chairs when we're done. <laughs> Hallelujah. This will be heaven to me. <laughs> a man, a number, no man can number, are going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I simply want to ask you this morning, will you be there? Because the Bible tells me that the fearful, the abominable, the idolater, the whoremonger, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6, he goes on to say, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, that's transgenders, abusers of themselves with mankind, that's homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Will your seat be open? Will no one be sitting where you're supposed to sit because you've chosen to follow the devil in the mystery of iniquity as the Lord's dealing with your heart this morning? Because Paul goes on to say, Surely God will visit you. And when God visits you, he says, and such were some of you. But now you're washed, now you're sanctified, now you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. So my question for you this morning is simply this. As the Lord has visited us this morning, and now I bring you to a moment of decision. Is your decision to continue to walk in a path that you know brings no happiness? That you have tried it and you've seen that it only brings anguish and sorrow and problems and divorce and troubles and trials? Do you continue in that path thinking that tomorrow it'll get better? Or do you make a change this morning and say, God has visited me and I no longer want to leave my bones in Egypt. <laughs> but I want to take my bones to a promised land. Whew. I no longer want to leave my bones in Egypt. <laughs> what difference did it make if his bones were in Egypt? What difference did it make? The difference was he didn't want his sepulcher there. I don't want to be known as the one that lives in Egypt. I want to be known as the one that walked in the promised land. I want to be known as the one that's making a difference in my culture. 
I want to be the one that's known to making a difference in my, my job. I want to be the one that's known as making a difference in my school. When I, leave, when I leave high school, when you leave high school, guys, I want you to, girls, I want you to be the one that people say, man, do y'all remember Michaela? Y'all remember Sam? Y'all remember Zach? Y'all remember Jenna? I miss anybody? You're not a senior. <laughs> I miss any more seniors? Do y'all remember them? Who? Oh, y'all remember sitting at their table? Y'all remember listening to them talk? Y'all remember how peaceful we felt when we were around them? You remember how whenever we were partying, we knew Sam and Zach and these other two, they wouldn't be there with us. We knew they wouldn't. How did you know? Because they didn't leave their bones in Egypt. They left nothing come back to, my God. Oh, that's a revelation there. You need to grab hold of that. They left nothing to come back to. There was no reason to go back. They picked the bones and all. Took them to a promised land. Let me stop this morning because I feel more preach coming on. If you need the Lord this morning, would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? If you need the Lord this morning, would you simply lift your hand with me this morning? If you say, I need to rededicate my life. I've got myself away from the Lord this morning and I need to rededicate my life. Would you simply lift your hand this morning? Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning, you say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I need to get myself rededicated back to God this morning. I want to change my life. I want to change my life. Hallelujah. I want to change my life. Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we choose not to confess our sins, then the things that's going to come out of your tongue is cursings, blasphemies, hatred, gossiping. Those things will begin to flow out of your mouth. And I'm asking you this morning. Hallelujah. If you lifted your hand this morning, would you come down here with me? And if you, if the Lord's dealing with your heart this morning and you know you need to make a change, would you just come down with them this morning? Don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time? Haven't you wallowed in the sty long enough? Don't you know that the servants in your father's house live better than what you're living now? Because when you come to God this morning, when you come to him, you're going to find that he don't put you as a servant. He says, kill the fatted calf. <laughs> Bring out the robe. Put a ring on his finger. This is my son that was lost, but now he's found. You know what else you'll find out there? Daddy didn't stay in the house waiting for that boy to show up. Daddy looked down the road and he saw him coming. And he said, there's my boy. And he came out of that house and he ran to meet him. God is simply waiting for you to take the first step this morning. He's simply waiting for you to step out in that aisle and head down this way. And you take the first step, and God will meet you in that aisle. 
He will meet you on your way. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else? Anybody else? I need to make a change. I need to make a change. I'm holding up for just a minute here because my spirit's still a little. I don't feel that freedom yet to, to go on. Till I feel that cloud lift, if you would. Till I feel that cloud lift. I want to give you one more chance. Because the way that I'm feeling, I just know that God is dealing with somebody. I don't know who you are, but I do know by what my spirit feels that God is dealing with you and that you need to make a change. 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 You need to let God visit you. You need to let God visit you. Anybody else this morning? You need to let God visit you. Surely God is here today to visit you. I know I'm taking a long time here, and I, and, and, and I know you've been standing a long time, and I'm sorry about that. But this is a serious moment. Anybody else this morning? All right. We will press on. I would like for some of you that are here this morning, if you would leave your seat and come and find somebody to pray with them. Find you somebody to pray with. I want to make sure everybody's got somebody. Make sure everybody's got somebody. Need a couple of ladies. Oh, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Make sure everybody. Need another lady right here. I need a lady right here. Can I get one more lady? Thank you. If you're down here this morning, as I look across here, I know that every one of you are simply feeling a, a need to go deeper in the Lord and rededicate yourself to God. I don't see anyone down here that this is your first time down, and I applaud you for that feeling that's in your soul. So this morning, I want you to simply pray and ask God to forgive you. That's all. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Change my life. Hallelujah. Set me free this morning. Let your spirit fill my heart. Come on. Come on. Come on. Pour it out to him this morning. Come on. You can't, you can't get there unless you talk to him. Your mouth's got to be moving. Nobody has to hear you, but you. he said, with your mouth, confession is made. Hallelujah. You just begin to talk to God. Talk to him this morning. Say, God, this morning, God, I need you. I need you, God. That's right. Begin to talk to him. God, I need you. You know me. You know where I'm at. God knows you. He's visited you. You begin to talk to him this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Open your mouth. God, this morning, God, I need you, God. Visit me, Father. Visit me, Father. I need this morning, God. I need you to visit me. I need you to change my life. I need you to heal my body.
I need you to prosper my soul. I need you, God. I need you, God. Come on. Hallelujah. I need you. My God, my God, my bones are stuck in Egypt, God. <laughs> my bones are stuck in Egypt, God. <laughs> Surely you will visit me and bring my bones out of the land of Egypt, God. Surely you will fit. There you go. Now you're making some progress. Now you're making some progress. Come on. There you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in Jesus' name, God. Jesus' name, let your forgiveness flow, God. Let your mercy flow, God. Let your power flow, God. Let your anointing flow, God. In Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. Bring our bones out of Egypt, God. Bring our bones out of Egypt, God. Hallelujah. 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 God, set me on your path, God. Set me with your anointing, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pull my bones out of Egypt, God. Pull my bones out of Egypt, God. Pull my bones out of Egypt, God. Set me, Lord God, in a good place, Father. Set me, Lord God, in a place that you have ordained, God. Lord God, bring me out of the land of Egypt, God. Oh, you have visited me this morning, God. Bring my, my bones out of the land of Egypt, glory to God. Bring healing, bring deliverance, bring power, bring anointing, bring purpose, oh God. In Jesus' name, bring his bones out of Egypt. In Jesus' name, bring his bones out of Egypt, God. Out of that land, oh God, hallelujah. And put him, oh God, in a promised land. Put him in a right place, God. My God, in Jesus' name, I pray for him this morning, Father God. Touch him, Lord God. Minister to him, Lord God. Bless him this morning, Lord God. Minister to him this morning, hallelujah. My God, touch him, Lord God. Bring his bones out of Egypt. <laughs> Bring his bones out of Egypt, oh God. My heart is indicting a good matter, oh God. My heart is experiencing a good matter. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Bring his bones out of Egypt. Bring his bones out of Egypt. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah, Lance. Come on, buddy. Come on. Hallelujah. God, set me free. Set me free, God. Lord God, give me hope. Give me a future. Give me a purpose, oh God. Lord God, in Jesus' name, God. Help my mind to be your mind, God. Help my heart to be your heart, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I surrender all to you, God. Forgive me, save me, touch me, heal me, cleanse me. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, my heart is indebting a good matter. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. Lord God, don't leave our bones in Egypt, God. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for not leaving our bones in the past, God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them into a new land, God, a new anointing. Woo, a freshness. My God, my God, my God. Experience a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit right now, Hannah. Just experience a freshness, a newness in your life. Something fresh. <laughs> Woo. Your dreams haven't been dashed. Your dreams haven't been destroyed. Your dreams haven't been taken away and robbed. Oh, but they simply await you as you move your bones to a new place. <laughs> the Lord says he didn't call it the promised land for nothing. <laughs> it is the promised land. The land where your promises begin to come to pass. It is a promised land. Move your bones there. Oh, he has visited you today. Now let him deliver you and move your bones to that promised land. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. good this morning? You feel good? Are you hungry? Huh? What about that? <laughs> Thank you, Cricket. I'm playing. I missed. 
<laughs> Hi. <laughs> Is it on? It is. Can you hear me now? There there we go. Well, if it looked awkward to y'all, it felt just as awkward to me, I assure you. So everybody knows Pastor Appreciation Day, right? That's why we're here having lunch today. Queen, come on up with it. Come on, Queen of Gold and Ophir. (laughs) So last week, John caught me. He's like, hey, would you mind saying a few words for Pastor Appreciation Day? I told him, no, I don't mind. Anybody that knows me knows I've got plenty of words to say. So my queen this morning asked me, she said, well, did you prepare a speech? I said, nope. If you know me again, I'm either a research hound or I just wing it. But I'll tell you today, and I'm probably going to wind up crying, but I'll tell you today that as we have this appreciation day, he makes it really simple to appreciate him. I don't have to have a rehearsed speech. I don't have to have anything written down what you saw today we should all appreciate this couple here has passion with everything that they do you don't have to guess what they're saying you don't have to worry about whether or not they're delivering you the right information and I'll just say that I appreciate the fact that he said two things today that there's not many pastors in the country that will say He called it out. He said, hey, this is talking about transgenderism, and this is talking about homosexuality. That's keeping it real. That's the stuff that I appreciate about our pastor, the fact that he's not worried about what society says. He's worried about what God says. His responsibility to us is to get us where we need to go. There's no amount of money that we could give him, no amount of cards that we could give him. Nothing that we could do to show the appreciation that he deserves to keep our spirits and our bodies out of hell. There's, there's nothing on this earth that we could give him to show that appreciation. So what we do is a very small token, but I want y'all to know how much I do appreciate y'all. All me, I guess. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess. Chad to sing a song, something like, you ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Just so y'all know, I told Chad I was going to pass him the microphone. He goes, it won't do you no good. So there, there we have it. Okay. Okay, so that was Pastor's Appreciation, and we, we very much appreciate them. And uh, I do usually speak, but I reserve that for this portion. And this portion is for Pastor because it's his birthday tomorrow. So we're going to appreciate, or I mean to celebrate his birthday today. And I've asked somebody to come up and present and to lead us, since you don't want me to hear me sing. Here's Candace. Okay, we're going to sing happy birthday to Pastor. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear, bless you. Happy birthday to you. As, as was said earlier, we have dinner back there. 
Uh, we want you all to come. We have plenty of, of food back there. Uh, we ask that you go through this door right here and, and line up and go through. I'm not sure if they have two sides or one, one but you'll know when you, once you get in there. Um, we, uh, we have plenty, so, so make sure you stay and, and eat. Um, and we just thank you. And we're going to have oh an offering. We're going to have an offering. Lord, we just thank you for this gathering that we have this morning and the reason why we have to celebrate this evening. This afternoon, God, I pray that you would bless our pastor and his wife. I pray that you, they would feel the love that we have for them and the appreciation that we have. Lord, I'm glad that you look on this place and smile, and I know that because your presence is here this morning. Thank you for the word that was given. I pray that your peace and love and protection would rest upon them today. I pray that you bless the food to all of our bodies as we celebrate this wonderful gift that you've given us, a pastor and his wife that love you and follow you with all their heart. And it's such a blessing to me and my family, but I know this whole church could stand up and say the same thing, that we're blessed because they love you and they follow you shamelessly. Help us to be more like that and relentless, God, on this journey. Thank you for the word that comes forth every service. That's truth from your word that will help us to grow if we'll just live it. Help us to hear with our hearts and not just our ears this morning. Bless us this afternoon as everyone goes their way. Bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, can I just say one thing? I'm not in charge of anything about the food today, but I just do want to say, can I get the senior citizens, the you know, the, the elderly to go first? Young at heart. And y'all, if you're in, behind them in line, let them break. I mean, in front of them, let them get in line first. And if you have children, please keep your children with you and fix their plates for them. I believe that's it. No I know church service tonight. The, the, the committee canceled church tonight because of this. So, all right. Thank you. <laughs>